This episode of the Inside Running Podcast is brought to you by Pillar Performance, Australia's leading sports micronutrition brand, providing high-strength formulations to support recovery, elevate energy, and relieve joint inflammation for endurance athletes. Episode number 237 of the Inside Running Podcast. Thank you for joining us uh, for another week of the show. If you're on Patreon, this is coming to you a day later than usual, so uh, sorry about that. It should go out everywhere else at the same time. Big episode, this one. It's a bit to discuss, some running news from all different places in the world, some Commonwealth Games selection discussions that we need to have about who's on the team so far and who's not on the team so far. Listen to question, moose on the loose, a bit of training talk, and we're going to catch up with Richard Welsh to uh, promo the Launceston Running Festival, which is coming up in about a month's time at the very end of the show. Welcome to my co-host, a bit nasally tonight, a bit sick, Julian Spence down in Anglesey. Welcome to you. Thank you. I'm a bit sick. You're right. I got a cough. Uh, it's mainly a cough, actually. It's the only thing. And I got a sore back. I hurt my back yesterday in the in the gym. Just at the home gym up in the upstairs bedroom, doing some ab rollouts on the wheel. You know the wheel. Mm. You used that before. Never used it, but I've seen Instagram uh, videos of it before. Yeah, it's good for blokes with big six packs like me. But <laughs> occasionally the back takes over, and um, I'm lying on the couch right now. Occasionally I'll mute the microphone when I go into a coughing fit. Okay. Well, thanks for still showing up. That's always good commitment from you. Hey, Des Linden, keep showing up. Keep showing up. What was your mate, Tin Man Crows? Keep the ball rolling, he was, wasn't he? Keep the ball rolling, yeah. Good work. The the ball hasn't been rolling for Moose recently. He's in the water, isn't he, What are you talking about? Downhill at the moment. Ball's going downhill. Mate, the big big snowball has just stopped, and now you've got to try and get it rolling again. Just hard work. Just lodge something. But... (laughs) I just I felt like this was a good week until right now. Did a bit of running. We'll hear about it in a second, but welcome to you also, Croaks. Quick introduction of you before we start. How are you going? Yeah, good, Brady. I uh, like this time of year. Diamond leagues are back. Like every couple of weeks now, you wake up on the generally like a Friday or Saturday morning and uh, watch the replays of all the races. So the um, I guess the international track season's just uh, getting started, which is always exciting. I must admit, I didn't even mention it at the end of last week's show because Doha Diamond League completely um, snuck up on me. I thought there was a mm. week. I didn't know Suey was going straight from Gels Park Relays to Doha Diamond League. I thought there was a week in between. Yeah, and, and then there's um, 
what uh, one in the UK this weekend and then pre the following week. So there's a lot to look forward to. I was just checking Instagram and saw that Ollie Hawes landed in the UK. So I expect he'd he'd be in action this week. Yep, Birmingham. Have you got fields? We might talk about at the end of the show. If not, uh, we'll get them while we're going. Yeah, I'll try and find some. But Moose, you tell us about your week because the Strava's a bit more action, a bit more happening. More running action anyway. Yeah, well that's you what might we're have, here you, for, aren't we? You, you might have muted the rest of the stuff. Uh, yeah, I just don't pay. I, I just never pay attention to cross training from anyone that often, but I like seeing the run stuff back on there. Yeah, well, it started with um, Tuesday, was it? No, Monday, three by seven minutes, and that that all went pretty well. I did that around the river in Anglesey. Took a minute in between, was all good. Uh, then two days later, I'm still on alternate days. So two days later, ran in the on the treadmill, actually. I had to sort of get it done, combine it with a gym session. So the gym I go to, I go to the RACV Resort in Torquay. That's where I got the membership, and they've got pretty good treadies. The gym's always really quiet. It's, it's real clean. It's got good equipment, but it's hot. It's right next to the pool and the sauna and the spa. Like, they're in the, kind of the next room separated by glass, and I, I reckon there's something about like the heat and humidity that seeps through because it was just like a really unpleasant experience jogging on that treadmill. There's no fans, there's no air con. Uh, so yeah, I don't, I'm not going to do that again in there unless let's have a hot race coming up, then it would be perfect. I did, uh, what did I do then? I'm going to say I did two by 11 minutes, something like that. And with a minute between, and then, uh, went down to Gratian Road on the Friday, so we were we had an expo spot and we worked with um, Brooks down there. Well, a couple of our staff did all the weekend and got down there Friday. Arvo went to the event expo and um, set up the marquee, and then we we ended up getting accommodation down in Skeens Creek, which is about five k out of town t- down the coast. You would run past that, Brady. When you've done the half marathon? Yeah, so like in between Apollo Bay and Lawn, isn't it? Uh, well, yeah. <laughs> in that it's, direction, like you're not going yeah. further than Apollo Bay, 5K. No, I'm going on the way back. Yeah. yeah. So you, you pass it in the half. It's a little township. Oh, it's it's just a township. There's no shops or anything, but it's quite hard to get accommodation at Great Ocean Road. Logistically, it's a battle, that, that whole event. So we... Um, we got some last-minute stuff way up on the hill, about, oh, I'm going to say, like a K straight up a hill, and it overlooked Apollo Bay. It was pretty nice in the end, just a way out of town. And then I ran – so we worked the expo on Saturday while the 14K, 6K, and the kids' race were going off, and all the marathoners, half people were picking their bibs up. So for, for this race, most people do stay in Apollo Bay – a lot stay in lawn and there are a couple of day trippers but the majority of the the athletes are in apollo bay so there was a pretty big vibe down there around those 14k and the shorter races is quite good they have a they have a waiters race as well or a um i don't know what they call it but the or a, the like the bar i think they get the local pubs and restaurants or whatever Hospitality and they workers yeah, and they, they have them carry a tray with a beer on it, and they there's a race carrying that um, down the main street. So that was pretty cool. I saw a bit of that. 
But uh, yeah, then, then so the, that night after the expo, I um, I went out for a jog, and Louis down there, he's man behind Steigen socks. He uh, former Com Games representative. Talk about Louis. He's been a guest. He's been hasn't a he? guest on the show. Yeah, two thousand six yeah. Com Games with a five k with Mottram. That yeah, was the other Australian in there. Geelong Athletics stalwart. So he, he we were, <laughs> we went out for a jog. To, I actually saw him jogging, and and then we just. He turned around and ran with me for a bit. It was a pretty, a pretty sad sight, us two jogging along <laughs> at like five minute twenties or thirties, I reckon it was. You would have looked and gone, "That these look at these old hacks." Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, he's a funny man, though. So I, I did fifteen minutes straight, and I walked for ninety seconds, and then I jogged ten minutes, and it went well. So that was good. Like I felt like a bit of momentum coming, and then. Worked the expo Sunday. By the time we packed up, got back home, it was about 5.30. And, and I'm running alternate days. So that was it. Three runs only this week. For a total, oh, it's only showing me my run. What is the combined running and cycling together? Yeah, I don't like that. Strava's yeah. lost the pod a bit as well. If you noticed on the phone recently, if you click on somebody's run, it takes you straight into the map. It's oh, really no. annoying. Have you done that recently, Croaks? No, I don't look at it on the phone that often. I use a computer generally. Yeah, it's annoying anyway. Yeah, I can't tell you how many Ks because it's not letting me. But I'm going to go off the top of my head, 15. Yeah, you've done 5, 4, 4. Yeah, pretty close. <laughs> it's not – It's look, it's my best week in a long time, so I'm taking it. Average distance last four weeks, 8.3 K. It's increasing though. It's a bit up on last week, so here we go. Yeah, take that. Heading in the right direction. Just got to kick this sickness and you'll be good. That's my back that's letting me down right now. The old mm, back. The old back. fucking back. You know, and it was because I hired a van for this weekend. It's just because all the expo stuff, I got it doesn't fit in my ute. So it's a new seat, drive down the coast, roadworks on the way back, packing it, unpacking it, putting marquees up. Just, oh, and the sleep, like, Bree and Pia joined me. Pia's sick. She stayed in, a, like, a porticot next to my bed, coughed all night. I didn't sleep at all um, for, like, two nights. It was <laughs> it was fucked. <laughs> and on the Saturday, I reckon I, in, I was trying to get work it out before. I reckon I interacted with at least 800 people, um, like, personal one-on-one interactions because I looked at, like I just like I, I reckon that was what it was. Eight hundred people. Mm. That wears you out. That like drains you. Yeah, it's um, like our school teacher, hey, Crooks. Mate, yeah. with all this, all with all this whinging, with all this whinging, Moose, you could get a start on Inside Jogging podcast. I reckon. Come on, mate. I'm not that bad. I reckon you've got to get more white collar, Moose. Just be paying someone to do this blue collar yeah, stuff. Yeah, you're right. You are right about that. You know what I mean? Like you're a big dog in the shoe world now. Like surely there's some hacks out there you can pay fifteen bucks an hour to do this stuff. Yeah. The problem Try is hands unloading shoes. You're too I'm good just, for this. You don't see the you don't see the CEO of Qantas in there bloody <sighs> cleaning the planes, do you? Exactly. <laughs> good analogy. Good ideas, right here. <laughs> so if anyone wants a job at the running company, Geelong, I'll, I've got an email. You can send it to me. Fifteen bucks an hour, you reckon, Brady? What's minimum wage? I know it's been in the news recently. What is Mate, it? It's enormous. Minimum is it 20, wage is, is it twenty? Is it twenty-one or something? No, it's it, well in my industry, it's twenty-seven point something fucking heaps that's crazy that's more than i make 
I should go back on minimum wage. I should go work for someone and make minimum wage. Mm, yeah, well, skilled workers, we need them. Good week. We'll hear more about Great Ocean Road, uh, the results of the event later on when we get to the news. Croaks, you've been murdering training. I'm looking forward to hearing about this because every day when I check Strava this week, something good popped up from you. This um, man is fit, Moose. <laughs> fit. Yes. Money fit. Monday, I um, I did Moose's total week, uh, so I ran for an hour. Did Jeez. about fourteen and a half isn't he? Fourteen and a half k, and then Tuesday, I got out in the morning for um, just a lap a mile against a seven and a half k, and then tracked that night. So I was back to k reps. Uh, so I did ten by a k. Um, fastest one was three minutes. Slowest one was three oh nine. Averaged around three oh five. Uh, had had help on three of the reps from uh, this young guy Ewan Shingler. His um his mum actually represented, I think uh, Ireland at World Cross one year, and um yeah he's an orienteer. He's actually heading overseas for like the World Orienteer Champ. So he helped me out for sort of three reps, um, and then I was sort of yeah on my own for the other seven. But um, felt yeah really really strong actually. Um, so I think my previous average about a month before was like 308 so i've been happy with the way that this session's progressed like was it february i did six by a k at around 330s after my calf and COVID, and, and that was a pretty hard session so happy with where the fitness um is i actually wore the new balance rc elite version two and like when we first got these like i wasn't a massive fan at all and i think it was largely because of just the way that i was moving it just I don't know why the position of my hips or the way that my foot was hitting the ground, but I just didn't feel like I was getting any pop whatsoever. But um, put them on and, and actually quite enjoyed quite enjoyed um, yeah running in them. So that was uh, Tuesday night, uh, Wednesday after work, just drove straight from work. I knew the the rain was coming. Um, managed to get about ten minutes of rain free running, and then uh, yeah the last ninety minutes was all in the rain. But it was really that light sort of misty rain and it wasn't super windy so it was actually pretty nice running conditions so i did an hour 40 um 408 uh thursday just jumped on the treadmill in the afternoon because it was a pretty shitty day um and it's like my easiest sort of day of the week so did 10k in about 46 and a half minutes according to the treadmill uh then friday morning just ran from home um, on the bike path. So I did 35 minutes. Then that afternoon, jumped on the treadmill for my um, session. And it was something that I did a few weeks ago. So I do eight minutes tempo, two minutes hard to salt, like solid slash hard, and then 90 second jog. And I do three set, sets of that continuously. So it's 33 minutes. So for the eight minute tempo, I had that at uh, 18K an hour, which is 320s. The two-minute hard was um, 19.5K for the first set, which was like 3.05s, and then the last two sets were at 20K an hour, or three-minute Ks, and then the 90-second the jogs were uh, four-minute Ks. Um, so uh, just under 10K in the, in the 33 minutes, um, which was a little progression from the previous time I did it. I had the tempo about five seconds a K slower, the two-minute reps were pretty similar. So uh, that was that. Saturday, just a double uh, hour in the morning and then 
32 minutes around Mulligans in the afternoon. And then Sunday, it was another wet run. Um, but once again, it wasn't super windy or that cold, so it was actually quite enjoyable. Uh, ran with Rob, who's – well, he ran Canberra Marathon. He's now going to do um, do Gold Coast. So I did two hours 15, uh, 32.5K, 409s. Um, felt, it was actually probably one of the, my, my best long runs, like, in terms of – how much energy I had throughout the run and even at the end, like I felt like I had 15, like 30, like 30 minutes, like I just, yeah, felt, felt really good. So it was a week of 158 or seven, yeah, 100, about 157K. So yeah, ticking along pretty well, I think. Yeah, very impressive week. Hey, uh, Brad, I've noticed that you've, like the two hours has gone to 2.15 for the Sunday and the midweek mm. long's gone from 90 to an hour 40. Yeah. So you've increased the load, but you've also increased the speed of the workouts because you're probably generally fitter. I'm concerned, though, that people often say, and I like this rule, that you shouldn't increase both at the same time, and I don't want to see you getting injured again. I don't, there's not a question there. It's just a statement. Thanks. You know Thanks. what I mean? Don't don't get greedy, I reckon, Just because you, you're just smashing it. Yeah. Is this coming from the guy that runs 31K on a Thursday before a session on a Friday? Yeah, pretty much. Which <laughs> yeah, I did last okay. week as well. But I'm just, yeah. Just, yeah, yeah. Just concerned for you that you're going really well. And just That's don't, right. don't want to see you injured. Thanks for your concern, but I'm I'm happy with what I'm doing and I'm, I'm enjoying it and I'm going to yeah, keep doing what I'm doing. I'm worried about this at Launceston Moose. This bloke's going to beat me. I don't think I could do 10 by 1K at that pace. Off a minute. Well, what, aren't those 1Ks... Isn't the rule on them supposed to be like they're a lot easier than than that? Is that what what is the goal behind the one K? It's like when you go in there, what's the intensity that you're supposed to hit? Uh, like ten K, like ten K to ten K between ten K and ten mile. And you um, so you average what? That's a big so window, average, though, isn't it? Average three oh fives. My quick. I have one rep at. I have one rep at three minutes. My quickest. So other than the three-minute rep, my quickest was 3.02, which was 10K pace, and my slowest was 3.09. So you've probably done it at a 30-minute pace for the day. That'd be fair. You reckon you could have uh, run a 30.50 on Tuesday night? I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. Like, I, don't, I, I don't know why every week you guys are just trying to pick things out of my training. Oh, like, I think I'm not, good. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not biting. I don't, I don't care. I'm happy to keep doing what I'm doing. We're I asking you questions, yeah, mate. Why do you get so well, defensive? But it's, it's like, All the time, defensive. My, what, no, but you're like, the only one run, like, you're running while we ask you questions. Yeah. We want to learn. But then Brady's like, oh, I'm worried you're going to get injured. Like, fuck, That's know? a fair comment, the intensity increasing and the load increasing. So, you know, I did the 10 by a K before the Sydney 10 and I averaged 3.08. Now, I would like to think that a race brought me up. And so what when I was running 3.08s before Sydney 10, for the same effort, I'm now running averaging 3.05s. Yeah, so you're saying... So effort-wise, so, so F, yes, in, yes, the pace has increased, but, but my effort is the same. It. Yeah, I'll pay yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Like that's a whole idea of that's a whole whole idea of training and then going into a race to bring you up so that your training should actually improve but the effort's the same. Yeah, and that's where I feel like I'm at. Yeah, yeah. That's so really you just increased load. You haven't increased intensity at all. Well, not really. No. Hopefully, I've just got fitter. Fitter. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah, it makes sense. Good week. He's in shape. I like it. I just don't want. I just want to see you stay in shape. That's all. You know, I'm a conservative man. Um, I'll go through my week, eh? I had a really uh, 
oh, it was pretty stock standard week. It was good not having a race on, actually, so I could actually do some stuff without a cross-country race to worry about. Kick things off on Monday morning. Did an hour, um, 12.95k at 4.38. Then the afternoon, got out for 30 minutes after work, 4.26s. Tuesday, met up with Archie. We did our last week's training talk session, croak six by six minutes off 90 seconds. Averaged about 3.11 pace for the six by six minute reps. Last one, we got rolling a bit more. I think that was like 3.08 average. But um, yeah, I'd love to say that I think this was probably 60 minute pace that I could hold on the day. Um, I was a bit tired off the back of the travel to Melbourne, the cross-country race, and the two hours on the Sunday. I find when I have the weekends where Saturday and Sunday are pretty stressful things that Tuesday, um, yeah, the pace, I've just got to back the pace off because it's coming a bit a bit harder. So we did that off 90 seconds jog. Good workout though. I like six-minute reps, um, and you get some good distance in it in the end. So it was like 12.8K at 323s. Got out for... Oh yeah, nearly 10k in the afternoon Tuesday night. We were I had the um the organisers this fun run. They wanted to see the actual course that we kind of had mapped out, so they were both on the bike, and I just ran it as my second run. Um, yeah, which was good to have some company and it's kinda, short, mate. Yeah, well six. Well, you can kind of see. Oh, you probably can't see on the map there. They don't want to cross. We had to take like this bit of a loop out where the 400 meters is missing from, so we don't have to cross a road. But we're going to find 200 meters, um, yeah, further up, up the track. And this isn't going to be certified. This is going to be measured on my Garmin, and then it's going to be pretty close to 10k. So, um, then yeah. you have a wheel. You got a wheel. Well, you do have a wheel. My wheel broke though. I was collecting wood. I had the wheel in the boot of my car, and I chucked a stump on it and snapped the wheel. So, um, yeah, I don't know if I'd be keen to walk 10k with a wheel. It's a long you need way. one of those things for the bike, like the um... yeah, the clickers. The, the official ways actually on that we did get the email from dave cundy explaining how we'd fucked up <laughs> talking about it last time um so yeah like stand uh, for us yeah which, which was the main the main point we stuffed up was if you 10 percent. yeah you yeah, said it could be uh, yeah no, I didn't say 10. Did I say 10%? Look, I read the email and I'm like, I didn't do any of these comments. I'm pretty sure 90% of the comments it was correcting <laughs> come from you, Moose. Yeah. No, I thought, I, I, look, I went on the um, I went on the website and had the briefest of reads. I've got to do more than that. But at the same time, like, explained it pretty well, Dave did, and and fair to say you won't be following that strict protocol, Brady. Not at this, this fun run that's raising money for charity. No, we won't be. Did you find... I found it interesting in that email that so after Kipchoge's world record in Berlin, it gets remeasured mm-hmm. to make sure that, and that's why I think they want to make sure that the certified courses are at least that distance because if something, you know, if a world record or a record is broken and then they remeasure it and it's under, then the record is not going to count. So they need to make sure that they're definitely over the distance it happens more than you think remember it happened in england that time uh and the the chick broke the half marathon world record but it was remeasured yeah it was like it was last year i reckon yeah i do do vaguely remember not the 5k one no it was a half wasn't wasn't the norwegian didn't the norwegian girl run something quick and it it was no i thought it was an ethiopian it was an ethiopian um oh yeah it might have been um there's been uh, a few. You, you were law. That... Yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 
Yeah, it's interesting stuff. So the rule was that if it was a 10K race, it can be, they would measure it 10 metres longer, not 100 metres longer. Yeah, or it just it, it needs to be measured to the point that it's at least, you know, it's going to be longer, it's going to be longer than 10 kilometres. Yeah. Yeah. So that if it gets re-measured again, it's not going to come under. Yeah. 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 Oh, that was good. Uh, then on Wednesday, I just got out for an hour in the morning and half an hour in the afternoon. Thursday, got stuck in that rain you are talking about, Corrick, so did an hour 45, 415 average. Um, yeah, that kind of misty rain, but it gets you wet. And then when you're wet, you're cold. And I was just, I made a bad choice of where I ran as well, just these dirt roads, was doing a bit of ice skating. Just like, you can see on my map there, it's probably 8K in one direction, down a dirt road. The rain was just coming in sideways, feeling sorry for myself. Really uh, character building, mental strength to get through that one. So um, I've just seen a comment here as well from Aaron Scott about, um, yeah, m- me needing to hide up a bit here, I think. Um, then I got out for 30 minutes that afternoon, saw the Southern 80 getting set up, Moose. You're a big fan of the Southern 80, aren't you? Boat race, goes down the Murray River. What sort of boats? you never heard of it, speedboats. 80, no, 80 kilometres from Trumbury to Echuca. you never heard of the Southern 80. Well, they, they're allowed to go hell for leather down the Yeah, I think they do the 80k in like 28 minutes or 30 minutes or something. So there's no speed restrictions or anything? This is like super class, yeah. So they have like different categories, but the super class guys go super quick and like heaps of bends in the Murray River. Yeah, it's Sounds pretty, dangerous. Really, yeah. yeah, well, yeah, it's pretty sad. Like someone, it's pretty regular that someone will die most years. Um, no. Yeah, yep. You heard of it, Crocs? Someone will die most years. Yeah. There's skiers, skiers behind it. Is that right? Yes. Yep. Skiers behind yeah. it. So it's the skiers that die. This um, is a legitimate. Some thing. of the boats crash as well sometimes. Yeah. Right. How many people died in the Southern Eighty? Um, oh, I should have researched this. Probably. I've heard of other. Sorry, I've heard of I, other ones I, like there's you know other rivers like bridge to bridge like competitions and stuff like yeah, yeah. like I know it's a, I know it's a thing like um, yeah. There was two speed, sorry. speed skiing or whatever. Maybe not every year, but there was two deaths in two years not so long ago. Um, yeah, yeah, it's pretty um, pretty sad when that happens. Mm. Um, so yeah, they were setting up. So the finish line is like yeah, right in the middle of a chuka there. So um, they were setting up all the. They have like corporate tents and the carnies are in there, like Ferris wheels and stuff like that. So that kind of ruined where I run usually, but um, that was good to see a bit of that stuff coming to town. Met up with Archie again on Friday, did some two-minute efforts, kind of like that low three-minute pace off a minute jog, did eight of them. Um, yeah, that was that was good, just ticked the legs over. This is like my weaker session um, for the week, just like maintenance, not trying to gain much fitness. And then Saturday was easy in the morning, 70 minutes, and then got out to Barmer Pine Forest, boys. Been going out to Barmer a bit recently, but staying away from the pine forest because you've got to wait till it gets a bit of rain. So the um, the sand in the pine forest kind of firms up a bit. And it was nice in there. Love running in there, jumping over the pine cones. Um, did two hours, 20 minutes at 4.15 pace. Nath was there for two hours of it, and then 20 minutes solo at the start. Yeah, good week, 173 k's for the week. Um, yeah, which is good. So got four races in four weeks coming up in June. So I've kind of planning to do two heavier weeks, bigger weeks now of some Ks. And then um, pretty much it'll just be race, recover, maybe do a light session, race again. Come, um, yeah, middle of June to kind of the middle of July. So good so week, nothing you'll special. Do, you'll do one session for the week and then race and then a long run and then another session 
during the week, the next week, and then race on the weekend? Uh, something like that. Oh, um, it finishes with Gold Coast half as the fourth race, but I'm just opening my calendar now. I think, yeah, so it starts with Launceston 10, and then I think I'll probably jog through, because that's on the Sunday, I'll probably jog through until the the Thursday maybe and do like some minute or two minute efforts on the Thursday and then do the Cruden Farm 12k cross country on the Saturday and then that Ben's would... Bendigo isn't Bendigo the... nah this isn't including Bendigo Bendigo's in a couple of weeks that's our uh, 28th of May this is like a block of racing I've got like from the 11th of or the 12th of June through to Gold Coast half marathon so you're so you're gonna have 28th of May yep and the the, f- the 4th of May won't be 4th a race of May no, the 4th of June. 4th of June. 4th of June, yeah, sorry. And then four then, races in a row. Five races in six weeks. No, that is, yeah, no, no. So that, the 28th of May to the 4th of June is, there is no week in between. So no, he's, not, so he's not, not racing the 4th of June. The week, oh, yeah. Oh, no, right, I no. thought you said you were. So he's got one, yeah, so he'll race, have one week off, and then he'll have four, four weeks in a row. In a row. Yeah, so right. what are the four? Launceston, Gold Coast... Yeah, so start with Launceston 10 and then Cruden Farm, round three of the cross-country, which is 12K cross-country. Um, and then there's the cross-country relays, the Eckerton relays down near Ballarat, um, which are different distances. So like I think it goes from 3K to 8K for the different legs there. So, um, which is the ants? Yeah, yeah, in the winery there, yeah. And then the Gold Coast Half Marathon after that. So it's going to be an interesting time. But it really just, like, the cross-country races are really the second workout for the week or potentially the only workout for the week. And I might even look to do, like, a midweek long, long run um, because, yeah, it could affect the prep for Gold Coast. But we'll see what happens. you just got to listen to your body through all that stuff. So that's that, fellas. Nothing much to report there. Uh, shall we thank some Patreon supporters? Croaks, you want to go first? Uh, yep, I'll kick it off. Uh, so I've got Kirk brawn this week uh so this information may be not 100 percent sure if it's correct but we think kirk runs for peterborough and nene valley uh in the v45 category pbs of 1549 3327 for 10k 73 for the half and 237 for the marathon uh ambassador for sublime racing england masters British Masters Marathon silver medalist and 2019 CAMS Road League champion. Got a bit of ink, which we know Brady loves, including a butterfly. So hopefully that information's correct, and thanks for your support, Kirk. Hope it is, because there's a bit of information in there on him, isn't there? It's good running. Like, if, if they're recent PBs um, and he's, like, over 45, that's um, that's is, good yeah. running. Yeah, mm. yeah, they're pretty recent, I think. Moose, um, who you got? I've got... Dixon Sider. So Dixon has no known relatives, uh, no previous employment, um, no known address. He is a he is a John Doe. Mm. Couldn't find but is anything it, but, on Dixon. But he's a Dixon, so that counts for a lot if you're a Dixon. Dixon Sider. What's that it. mean? Don't know. What? I couldn't find anything on it. What does it mean? What's Croak's joke about? What was his joke? Dick- Dixon, the marathoner, Kiwi. Oh, that Dixon. Was last name. Oh, Dixon. Dixon. Yeah, I know. But yeah. yeah, 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 I got you. I was Dixon. Yeah. <laughs> I still love that. I still love it. Every time I think about that interview, I, I, I giggle. <laughs> just, uh, the way, just the way he referred to himself as Dixon. And 
And the yeah. finish, the very end, when he thought that Mike was turned off. And it wasn't. <laughs> and he could be a good old, for fuck's sake, that went on. <laughs> oh, God. We should get him on for a follow-up. Yeah. No, he won't be coming back. Reply to those emails. I'm going to thank Ian Hamlin from Bicester in England. Uh, 2124 for 5k, 4534 for 10k, 227 for the half, 435 for the marathon. Take your pick there, Moose. Oh, wait, wait, Don't wait. You've got to give me a heads 10, up. Doesn't it? I'm going to give you a heads up. We ask you this every time in Patreon. Uh, I'll keep oh, talking, though. He's oh, a member of two oh. clubs on Strava, Brooks and Hoka. So, uh, Ian, get onto the Inside Run podcast group on Strava. Join that one. We can see your training and stuff and how many Ks you're doing for the week and all those kind of things in the leaderboard there. He's currently building some nice skyscrapers on Strava as well. So consistency is key, and Ian's ticking off that consistency at the moment. What do you reckon, 10K. 10K. 5K for me. 5K, 10K. Definitely those two. Can take a bit of time off that half in the marrow with those skyscrapers on Strava going well. So, uh, fast switch type yeah. operator. So Kirk, Ian, Dixon, thank you so much for your Patreon support. If this uh, show brings you value, Inside Running Podcast uh, on Patreon, we would greatly appreciate your support. Heaps of bonus content over there. Get the show early. Um, yeah, if it's worth a capsicum, we would love your support on Patreon to keep the show alive each and every week. Makes us accountable to keep showing up. Running news, boys. Kick it off. Doha Diamond League. I just watched the uh, the highlight thing. Croaks, you know the one they put on Foxtel? Yeah, so I I record it live and then I just watch it the next morning. So I yeah. get to see like all the events. Well, that's like, a good idea because I watched this highlight thing and they just they skip their races. They didn't yeah, even show no the 800 metres in full. That's no good. That's shocking. The 1500, they show the first 200, then go to the last lap. And you're like, <laughs> what are you guys doing? Anyway, so I've got some stuff to comment on, but you'll be able to comment on a bit more then. Start with the steeple. Uh, ben Buckingham, he was 14th, last position, 9.06. So well outside his PB of 8.20. Um, the race was won in 8.09, really close finish. Um, and he was 20 seconds behind the second last runner. So I'm hoping all is good with Bucks because he is so much better than that performance uh, indicates. And I know, what did he run last week? 8.40 we are talking about? Yeah, so which wasn't great from him. It was windy. Conditions were brutal though. It was hot and windy, like like really windy. So, um, yeah, all the the races were pretty tactical. Um, no one was really willing to go and and do a lot of work into the wind. So was he in the pack and then got dropped? Is that what you're uh, saying? Like, well, no. So he was sort of right at the back of the field to start with. And then sort of halfway through the race, I'd actually thought he may have pulled out because you just couldn't see him at all. Um, so, yeah, I, I wasn't sure. As I said, I thought he'd pulled out, but um, then I saw the result. It was 9.06. So uh, obviously not ideal. But at the end of it, like, it just goes to show, though, like, that this is like this is the pinnacle of the sport, Diamond League. And if you're not at the top of your game, like, you just get you just get shown out, shown um you know, shown up. So second yeah. race in the season, his season as well. Like he's missed the most of summer, so he's building in stuff. Yeah, uh, eight hundred meters. Was he injured? Well, I think he was injured most of the summer. Yeah, because he didn't race at all. I mean, remember, didn't do nationals. Um, even that Adelaide, the steeple over at Adelaide, he wasn't there, and that was early. Like that was Jan, wasn't it? Now, didn't he do? He did the Adelaide one. He won the Adelaide one. I thought. Did he do the Adelaide one and then nothing since? And then nothing after that. Yeah. yeah. So that would have been Jan, though, wouldn't it? It's pretty early days. Mm, yeah, I think, yeah, it was one of the first 
first meets. Yeah, uh, 800 metres, Pete Bowl came second, 149.35. Um, did it? He was well. He was kind of off the back, mm. two hundred fifty meters to go, and then closed really hard. Um, nearly won it. Like a guy just ran away from him a bit with probably one hundred and twenty meters to go. He got the break on them, but yeah, Pete Bowl strong there. Quality field as well. There's Croaks. So um, he was he was racing some big boys in the eight hundred meter world, which he is a big boy. So mm, he is now. Yeah, yeah. Closed like he did close really well. Because like, I thought with like two just over two hundred to go, like oh he's going to struggle to finish high up here, and then. Um, yeah, to finish second, first race of this, you know, I guess international season was a good result. Mm. And then the 1500, we had two boys in that. We had Matt Ramson, who finished sixth in 338.8, and Stewie was 11th in 348.6. Was won by Kip Sang of Kenya in 335, just in front of uh, Tim Chariot. So deep field there as well. Did read the Athletics Australia post. It said that Stewie strained. Can you guys remember what it was off the top of your head? No, I didn't read that. I didn't. Yeah, I'll look that up now. But Croaks, do you want to maybe comment on the race because you would have seen it in full? Yeah, so it was t- typical Stewie at the start. So like once he got up to full speed, like tucked in right behind the the pacemakers and. It looked like he was absolutely sprinting. Like I'm like, wow, you know, it didn't look like sort of 1500 meter tempo. Like, and then, like, I can't remember what point, but he just started to sort of get filed back through the field. Um, and I don't know whether he sort of just jogged it in towards the end, but um, yeah, like he was he was well out of it, um, sort of halfway through the race. You could tell that it wasn't going to be his day. Um, I thought Ramsden was pretty competitive. Like, obviously, the top two guys were. Um, we're a step above everybody else, but um, Ramsden, you know, to finish sixth, not a bad result. Mm. Who was second? Chariot. Chari- Chariot, yeah. yeah, yeah that, that. They, they were pretty close down the straight. Did you see that? Keep saying... Two of the best five in the world. Mm. Well, yeah. Stewie, if you include it, really. I mean, he wasn't on that day, but he's um, in there. Let me tell you about Stewie here. Um, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to find what this train was. I'm scanning the whole article this isn't great a gluteal strain in the first 110 oh. meters mm. yeah we did look like he was like as they looked like he was running fast like sprinting sort of thing so he was fanging it trying to catch up to him and go <laughs> yeah. wide to get around him and then you looked up and they were still 20 meters ahead of him yeah yeah so well, hopefully he's all right because he's um he's down to run uh birmingham like this weekend or later this week but um if he's torn something, I I doubt he'll be there. You can't torn torn muscles yeah. take months. Mm-hmm. It's strain the same as the tear. Pretty much. Oh, well, like, is it? Yeah. like might, said, yeah. Yeah. So, so my but my calf like that was that was a strain, and you still need if it's like if it's a grade one strain like it still takes like ten days or whatever. Okay. Um. But but the problem is if you come back too soon, you pretty much restart that ten days like because <laughs> it just it's sort just, of yeah. it just re tears again. Yeah. Okay. There's like a there's like a, a scale there and is. there's no like one spot where it becomes a strain and a tear, but a tear is right at one end, mm-hmm. um, the very bad end. And probably run of the night was Jess Hull. She was in the women's three k, and this was deep. Like this was a world like world championship final, Olympic final kind of field. Um, well, maybe other than um, 
oh, what's her name? Netherlands. Hassan. Hassan, yeah. I was saying that statement. I'm like, oh, I probably need Hassan there to, to really make mm-hmm. that true. But she was third. She ran 840.97, um, took down some scalps in that last lap. And kind of, I only saw the last lap croaks because that's where they hooked to on the coverage. But she was there. Like, they were closing and she was just sticking there. And they, the first two got away. But um, she was the best of the rest and, yeah, really took some names in that last 100 metres. You know the thing Jess does really well? Like, she's such a good tactician. Yeah. She's always in the right spot at the right time. That's that's the thing that was the standout for me was that she tactically, I thought, ran perfect. Yeah. Um, was always sort of in that top top three or so, um, just, you know, staying out of trouble but also not being sort of uh, boxed in, like, you know, towards the end. Highest finish she's had, like first podium she's had in the Diamond League as well. So you've got to take that confidence into the season coming up for her. Pretty good stuff. That was Doha. Moose, tell us about Great Ocean Road Marathon Festival. Well, yeah, the um, premier the premier running event on the calendar this week. We had a lot of events down there. They've, got, they've added some more too. So they've added trail races, which we talked about in the lead-up. But... The road racing events. We uh, we kicked off. Well, we kicked off with a six k, but it's not on it. We kicked off with the fourteen k. Andre Waring won it, so he's backed that up. He won last year as well. Forty one thirty four. He beat Alex Ritchie forty two forty three, and your mate Matt Buckle forty three forty three. So pretty spread out there. The um the women's race was really deep. Actually, this was this was the highlight of the weekend. This race, Kelly Thackeray won. And we'll talk about her later as well. But she ran 46.29. And she beat Melissa Duncan 47.10 with Stella Radford 47.35. So three national class runners in that field. And Thackeray, the best of them, 46.29. Half marathon next day went off. Um, well, it was 23K, really. Andre Waring won it, double. So good payday down there for... For Andre, he ran 112.41 for 23. I'm not going to read out every single number here. So Andre wearing one. Gunther, uh, the main man for the long cross country, he ran 114 for second, and then he beat Brett Alice by about 10 seconds. In the ladies, Rachel McGuinness won. She, she did well at Melbourne Marathon. Um, she ran 122.45, which is the equivalent of going through in about 76 minutes through the half. Jessica Jason was next, three minutes back, and Cara Foot third. The marathon, um, good battle in the men's for a, a long portion of the race, probably till about, I think it was about 30K when Dion Finocciario put the foot down and took off. And he ran 230.20 for the overall distance, which is like 44 and a bit. Uh, they've got him going through 221.50, but I think the timing mats were off based on chats with both Ash Watson, who was in second, who ran 232.35, and John Dutton in third for 233.44. So, yeah, John, John and Ash said they didn't think it was in the right spot, but it's always so hard to know on that course. There's twists and turns everywhere. At the start, you can run on both sides of the road, and at the end, you're, you're limited to one side of the road. So it's I don't know how you would get the accurate distance on that. It's it's basically impossible unless you um unless you do it properly, like measure it properly. Uh, six there is a 60k. Zach Beasley won, followed, and 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 Sarah Jaya 
Jayamaha was um, the ladies' winner. So, yeah, big event. A lot of events in there. Very good vibe. Well executed event. I like it. It's good. It's good vibes. Everyone stays down there. There's a lot of buzz around the town. And you just know the people down there, like, everyone's running. It's it's You kind of get the feeling when you see someone, you're like, oh, yeah, you're, what, you're running something. And it's just a lot of like-minded people in the one spot. Mm-hmm. Missed the uh, women's results there, Moose. We'll just go through them before oh, I get sorry, to the Sydney yeah, Morning yeah. Herald. So Kirsten Bull won the women's. No, no. In... Oh, oh, you yeah, go, sorry, go for it. Yeah, no, you no, go. You go. No, no. Uh, Kirsten Bull, 30428. Uh, Sarah or Sarah Coulter, second, 30649. And Danny Rogan, 30856. Kirsten so. Bull, four-time winner of the event. Mm-hmm. She actually... Um, equals fellow four-time winner of the event <laughs> so very good effort from Kurt. very difficult thing uh, to do Kirsten. four times i thought it was three lucky yeah. i uh lucky i brought that up then moose otherwise you wouldn't have got that plug in if i didn't how did go i go through the women go through the, the women only results. result that was interesting to me <laughs> she goes and wins it next year so she just got that title yeah i'm back i'm ever. back next year baby don't worry <laughs> so <laughs> Yeah, Sydney Morning Herald half was on Sunday in Sydney. And we might start with the women because um, Callie Thackeray, after running down on the Great Ocean Road, she flew from Melbourne to Sydney and won the women's event in 73.29 from Leanne Pompiani, 74.22. And Abigail Nordberg was third in 75.17. So um, Eloise Wellings was also in the race, um, but we think, based on Instagram, she may have had a sore back um, at 13K and was a DNF. So, uh, and then in the men's result, Liam Wait, Adams. Before yep. we do that, sorry, can you run us through this from Kelly Thackeray? So, she's that's a big turnaround because that that's an afternoon race, the 14K. That's it's not an early morning or anything. So she's run that in the Arvo. Then she's had to she's had to get back to Melbourne Airport, uh, probably around three hour trip back to the airport, flown to Sydney, um, however long the whole flight setup is. That is a very mm. short turnaround to run a pretty hard half marathon, hilly, good field, very good field, like, and then she has the. Um, she has the Birmingham, is it the Birmingham Diamond League next week? Yeah. So she the, jumped. Uh, so she jumped on a plane, like straight after that half on the on the Sunday afternoon. Yeah, I so, think she's in hospital now though over in England, isn't she? Oh, is she? Yeah, she put up an Instagram story. I think something happened to her feet. Like they, you know how they blow up sometimes on the airplanes. Oh yeah, yeah. And then yeah, she was in hospital. Mm. Um, so I hope she's all good. It's, it's a but pretty. It's a, it's a huge it's a, three days. It's a pretty risky thing to do. Right, in my mind, you've got the dot. Like you just talked about Diamond League, didn't you? The one in Japan about how I mean in Doha, sorry, about how if you're not up to to scratch, you're going to get shown up. Yeah, I, I just like this is her biggest race of her career, and then one week before, you run two long distance road runners. I mean, 14k ain't nothing to be scoffed at. That's a serious run, and then a half marathon. With all the traveling and commuting, that is, oh, man, I, I don't know. I can't see that being a good thing. Good for the wallet, though, Moose. 1000 yeah. bucks on Saturday, 5000 bucks on Sunday. Yeah, chasing a bit of cash the for the 6K uh, weekend to get her through the summer in the UK. 
That's true. You can go on training camps with that money, and that's probably part of like the realities that like not a lot of people would realize. That's the kind of things you might have to do to yeah. to live like she does as a as a professional runner. But oh, that's the problem, right? That's well, that's our problem. I guess there's so obviously she's done these races. You'd think for the financial like value that she gets. I think yeah, was it six grand for winning the half? Um, five for but, the half and then one for the oh, yeah, okay. 14. But then from her, like she's pretty much qualified for world, so she doesn't have to chase times anymore. But then you look at somebody like Izzy Bat-Doyle. She did a 10K in the US and then um, did another 10K in the UK just, you know, the weekend gone, which we'll talk about shortly. And then she's doing 5K at Birmingham as well. So there's two 10Ks and a 5K in the space of two weeks. But her reasons for doing it is to try and, I guess, qualify for Worlds or Commonwealth Games, you'd imagine. So I guess they're the they're the tricky things that pro athletes have to deal with, either you know trying to you know cash in and make money or chase qualifiers. Mm. There is there is a there, like the the argument out there that athletes don't race as much as they used to, and I'm not saying it's a good or a bad thing, but some people refer to it as being a bad thing. And that the racing often contributes to their fitness level. It teaches them race tactics, I guess, or like takes away sort of race anxiety because we race like they're racing more often. They're practicing how to race. And you know, shoe they, technology, shoe technology probably makes it easier to race more yeah. often than it used to. Yep, agreed. And the, would that fourteen k been? easy for her 14k is a weird distance like did she have to push it's about herself? 13 and a half to be honest it's not a full 14 like uh, it's a bit hilly. 46 29 like is that more thresholdy than race effort she won by what 40 does that seconds. even equal yeah 40 seconds though 40 seconds is not that much if you put 40 seconds on and i know they stayed together for quite a way i think or yeah i think they might have um so 40 seconds say she put that in in the last 7k that's still that's still a race. She won by 50 seconds the next day. She won both of them easy. Yeah, I mean, she's obviously fit. Like, there's no doubt that she's going really well. I mean, she. you look at Leanne Pompiani, she ran 31.43, yeah. was it? Yeah. About that, at yeah. the Sydney, Sydney 10. 10. That doesn't line up to 74.22, does it? No, it, it doesn't. But, like... It, I so I've done this once before, and like the course has changed since then. But it's certainly not a flat course, and I believe it was reasonably like muggy down there. Which like you look at the men's time. So like Liam Adams won the men's in sixty four forty nine. Tim Vincent second in sixty five thirty three, and Liam um, Boudin third in sixty six twenty one. Like that, they're not quick times for the caliber of those athletes either. Yeah, Tim no. ran sixty one a couple yeah, of months yeah. ago, March. Yeah. I think when you look at times and course or conditions, you take out the front person because they're doing enough to win. Yeah. And so you look at second, third, fourth, fifth, because they are on their limit, obviously. If they could have gone faster, they would have. Mm. So Tim's like Tim's about four minutes off. Yeah. Yeah. From from you know, what he ran over in Rome, which obviously yeah, would have yeah. been like a super flat fast course. That's right. Um, they're, and, they're and, and Leanne and Leanne's about four minutes off what she ran in um in Melbourne, and yep. Liam recently ran twenty nine twenty, didn't he? Which equates to way bit quicker than sixty six. Yeah, third. yeah. So slow course. That's what we're saying. Tough Sydney. course. Yeah. Tough course. Uh, and 
Yeah. Oh, anything more to report there, Croaks? Oh, no, just Joel Tobin White was a DNF as well. Oh, yeah. So they were both the Eloise and Joel in the pre race uh, media had quotes and stuff from them, and then they both didn't finish. So uh, the two the two favourites not getting to the finish line, so hope it's all, all is good there. A leader in sports micronutrition, Pillar Performance is changing the way micros are used in running performance and for endurance athletes globally. Pillar has become the choice of Australian sport thanks to their formulation quality and batch testing program. Currently working with Ben St. Lawrence, Izzy Bat-Doyle and Lucy Bartholomew, along with more than 40 professional sporting teams. Made by athletes for athletes, Pillar leaves no stone unturned when it comes to ingredient quality and potency. Offering some of the strongest formulations on the market, Pillar's range supports optimal recovery, elevates energy production, relieves inflammation, and boosts immunity. When it comes to recovery, their best-selling triple magnesium powder is a must-have for any serious runner. Featuring three forms of bioavailable magnesium to optimize recovery, improve sleep, and have you backing up after every session. Ramping up your program in the lead up to the Gold Coast Marathon, Pillar's vitamin C and zinc is perfect to help fight off sickness while your training load is high during the colder months. The Pillar team has an exclusive offer for Inside Running listeners. Head to their website and use the code INSIDE20 to receive 20% off at checkout when you purchase two products or more. To redeem this offer, or for more information on Pillar's performance and their range of sports micronutrition, head to pillarperformance.shop. Nine out of 10,000 metre PBs, Izzy Baddour we spoke about. She was fourth in that race, 31.40. Three-second PB for her, but still 15 seconds off that qualifying time at 31.25. Uh, I watched this. It was a really good feed. This is an amazing meet. Two, two tenths, front and back straight. They've got like the walkway that goes over the home straight to get the pedestrians or the fans into the um, the middle of the track. Fire like going off, music. They have a motorbike um, humming around like with a video camera on the back. So the footage you're seeing, it actually shows how fast they actually go when you see footage like that. Um, I will hope someone could put a meet on. Like make Zatapec this, please. Whoever's in charge of Zatapec, it would be absolutely amazing. I think it was free to get into. Like... No, keep Zatapec. Yeah. Keep Zatapec. Zatapec is Zatapec. It's a championship race. Make Steigen. another. This could be like a Steigen. Exactly. This could be a Steigen thing. I'm just saying, make, make get the marquees at. Well, you take some elements, but don't yeah. make it like. Don't make it a spectacular like that. It's got its own vibe, Zatapec. It's got its own heritage. You can't ruin that. True. But you can't take right, field events out either. Yeah, you're right about the Steiger meet. That was doing. That was on its way to be this meet, I reckon. Mm. And um, yeah, a few things, obviously, like. Well, I don't know what happened exactly, but um, it's not on anymore. COVID, so COVID was probably part of it. Yeah, but then you you could I reckon Brady, you're the man for this. I don't have the time, Moose. Uh, you do. I you don't. don't do... I think we we should put on an event as from the Inside Running podcast one mm. year. It'd be yeah, put our heads together, get people involved. Yeah, things are long. I reckon you just need to hire a track, and then you do the rest of it. You know, once you got the track and the the event certified, get the officials, oh. then you can just do the rest. Maybe down the track, but yeah, not in. I know these kids grow up a bit. You know mm. what it's like with young kids. Yeah, well, maybe like Geelong would be the perfect place because, like, you're the big dog in town, mm. Moose. So you'd be able to, you know, you know people that would be able to give us those tents and have all marquees. that set up, and yeah. The tents? I don't. Who's got tents? Geelong party. What, what, what you know sort of tents are we talking about? 
Oh, a I couple do, of market. Yeah, yeah. Marquees? How do you know about Geelong Party High? I, just, I know there's a Bendigo Party High, so I just changed the name to Geelong. <laughs> Hit it, nailed it. That's funny. Um, yeah. So, yeah, and then you make them event sponsor. You get a few, like, there, isn't there a brewery across the road from that track there? Little Creatures? Oh, yeah. Get you them can, involved. I mean, they can do the bar. Just just move, just push keys along the road. I told you you'd be good at it. Yep. Oh, I've got whatever ideas, but doing the actual work, you I don't have do the time it. for. If you uh, put a committee we'll to, in, put a committee together, and I'm happy to be on the committee. You know when we should do it? November, so people can get qualifying times for Zatapak. Oh yeah, there's nothing on in November either. Cross country and road season finishes, and then people yep. want stuff to do. That's why they all go I down like, like Bernie Ten. November. Anyway, uh, so Izzy Batdoor just missed the time there, but a PB and improved her time from one week earlier in the States. Georgia Griffith was in the 1500 there. She won the race in four, no, sorry, a mile, 427. Sarah Billings was seventh in 437. So good to see a bit of action there for the Australians. Jess Judd won the race. She ran a 255 last K, 65 second last lap to run 31.22. So she's going to the world champs. And uh, the Italian Cripper, he won the men's race. Don't have the time in front of me, but I think it was twenty seven thirteen or twenty seven sixteen, something like yeah. that. Yeah, yep. Pretty quick time. So uh, that was that. Ed Goddard was over Copenhagen as well. He had another crack at getting. Well, there's no qualifying time, so I guess. Oh, I guess if you think of world champs, there is the two eleven thirty, um, or to better his PB to kind of get that com game spot. He ran at two fourteen fifty nine at Copenhagen. So I've got to say that's his third. No, I think he ran two fifteen at Melbourne. But that's his second 214. They're all landed around the same mark, haven't they? Mm. Consistent, yeah. but it's a lot of, lot of marathons in the space of, what, six months? Yeah. Less than six months. Yep. Mm. December through to now. Um, and then the big news was that the Commonwealth Games team, some athletes have been announced. So this was yesterday, I think. Correct me if I'm wrong here, boys, but I think we've got 67 spots allocated for the athletes team. Something like that. It was around that. Mm. It was. It wasn't a lot. Like and, I think um, there was around. Wasn't there like a hundred for um, Gold Coast? Yeah, and I think they announced thirty, thirty-five or thirty-seven yesterday. So um, what it means for the marathoners is Sinead Diver and Liam Adams were both there, which would expect because they both qualified from their results at the Tokyo Olympics last year. And Jack Rayner was also listed as the men's mm. second marathon spot. Um, There's also some track guys there as well, but we'll get to those in the coming weeks. Thoughts here? Ex- what? Nothing, nothing surprising is there? Maybe the Jack call? Jack's the only one because, but basically everybody that's been selected up and well that was announced yesterday were, were the people that had won nationals basically and had already and had the qualifying time, so they were automatic. And Sinead and Liam, as you said, were already automatic through their Olympic result. Jack was, I guess, the sort of one of the discretion selections, I suppose. So um, a little bit surprising that they've just named him and not any other marathoners so mm. you know obviously there'll be two two more females picked um, there, so surpri- or do you think this is it no nah, i reckon there'll be more um, why not a discretionary spot with jack now yeah why well not, that's why not name them all at the same time or hold jack off and then yeah save well, him for the next announcement 
That's it. I thought they would have announced Sinead and Liam because they're already automatic, yeah, so and then the rest of the marathon is at a later date. Um, which look, let's hope that there's more more, to, more come. to come. Yeah, yeah. This could, yeah. When I saw that, I'm like, oh, is this maybe there's not more to come? Like maybe they're all going to world champs, but then there's four females for three spots at world champs. I think there'll be more to come. Like our our female marathoners are just so good and have run so fast that you you can't leave like a two twenty five two twenty six girl at home, surely. So <laughs> you've got send them to so, world champs. I'm saying. Yeah, but who's sitting there the, sitting around that panel meeting? Sorry, Miss. You go. Well, to give the listeners a, an idea on the the girls that are in the con- contention, you have Lisa Waitman, you have. Eloise Wellings, yep. Jess Trengove, Millie Clark. Yeah. Millie Clark has a time. Yeah. No so way. those, they're, they're the four, they're the, what did I say, three? Four. No, there's four. Mm. Four for four. three world champ spots and that potentially two more com yeah. game spots. So you would, like, who's, when are they going to select the com games team? Um, it's just, even like we spoke to Jess, she said that had she hadn't chatted with them. It must be so hard to know what to do as an athlete in their position. Like, what are you training for? Um, you you got to know what to, what you need. Like, it, I think some communication here would be really beneficial for these ladies. Because what are they? They've been pretty much in, like, their marathon. Like, they've been wanting to start their yeah. marathon block by now because it's, what, it less than sure. 12, 12 weeks. It's less than 12 weeks away. Which, you know, of July, yeah. Which, which, you know, 12 weeks is a pretty standard sort of marathon prep. Like. More than that, though. If you're going to Eugene, you'd want to start doing your heat stuff. Mm. You know what I mean? Pretty yeah, and cool then you've stuff. got, like, Jack. Jack's a good name here. Like, you've given him early notice and you've backed him in as a younger developing athlete who they've probably pegged and gone... This bloke's going to be running multiple Olympic Games from now on. He's got a real future, so let's give him some more champion ex- experience. And I, like, I've, I, that's what I think the Com Games sh- should be about for a lot of the the athletes is blooding them for future world champs and and Olympic Games preparations. Um, so it makes like I like the the selection of Jack there definitely. Um, on the women's side, if you if you think okay, they've picked Sinead for the the Olympic spot, uh, out of those athletes, it's kind of tough to pick like the, <laughs> the developing athlete from from Lisa, yeah. Eloise, Millie, and Jess, isn't it? Well, like, none, well, none of veterans. them. Yeah, none of them are really developing. No. <laughs> they're they're established names. It's oh, going yeah. to be a really tricky selection. Mm. Yeah. I've got a like sick, I, I've got a sick bet, feeling they'll even one of them off, and they're sending the other three to world champs. Like best case is they all get a they all get a run. Like you know three go to world champs, which I guess Lisa Lisa can't go to world champs because she hasn't got the time. Oh, um, yeah, that's right. Has, well, she hasn't got the time, so yeah. she, the only one that she can go to is Com Games. So, I guess. So why wouldn't they name her now? And what about what about my what about my boy Andy Buchanan? Yeah. What do you think with that? Who knows? And I guess this is the thing: we just don't know whether that we, whether they've actually got spots to be able to send them or not. We yeah, don't know that. Well, I looked that up. They'd picked thirty-two the other day, mm. so there's still a few spots there. But they're still a huge team, isn't it? Chucking the relays, things like that. Watch this space. Hopefully, uh, next week we've got a full team because I want to get a road to Com Games podcast series going for Patreon fellas. But I need to know who's on the team. That, that's going to help. Important. 
That's important. That is important. Just tee someone up and they end up not getting selected. Uh, so, yeah, more to come in that development there. I'm going to skip listening to questions, boys, because we've got about seven minutes until I need to go to uh, Welshy, a special guest. So I'm going to go to Training Talk, and this week's Training Talk segment is proudly sponsored and brought to you by Lululemon. Lululemon have designed technical gear with the runner in mind to last more than a season. Head to lululemon.com.au to find out more. And it's my turn this week, fellas. And what I want to talk about this week is uh, something that is a big error, I think, in a lot of people's training. And before I start this one, I just want to say that this one isn't directed at anyone. And um, and I am the king, of, well, was the king of making this error in my training for many, many years. But I see it coming up constantly on my Strava feed. And I think it's about educating people that making this error in your training is not a good thing and it really gives you false hope when you go into races. Do you know what I'm talking about, boys? Mm, uh, industrial estate courses? Yeah, we've had many conversations about GPS-friendly loops. And I've been thinking about a bit of a formula. And this happened today. Archie and I were training today. I wear a Coros, he wears a Garmin. Training next to each other, we get significantly different splits on our watches. We did a mile rep today. We turned three times in the mile. I got 306 average, he got 302. I think that's a significant difference. And I see it all the time, people running around these short loops. And I think I think we need to have a conversation about why that's bad for your running and why it can be misleading for your training data and why it isn't great indication of actually the shape you're in. And as I said, I'm the king of making this mistake. I've cooked myself in a few marathons thinking I was in certain mm. shape. And then you get to the start line and you're like, you know what? This is uh, feeling a bit harder than it did hooking around my short loops at the industrial estate. Um, this is a good topic from you. It I, is. Yeah, I was thinking about it. I agree. It. Yeah. Um, and the big thing, I, I've got a few little – I've been trying to work out some formulas. So – like if you can, and obviously you're going to make turns in your training all the time. Like it's something you you can't avoid, and doing reps on long straight roads is you know can be boring, and it's something that's not achievable in most cities, towns, wherever you're doing your training. So it is going to be a thing that uh, you're making turns in your training. And I was trying to think today about a certain rule. Do you guys have one? I was thinking maybe two seconds per turn. I think the watch, and I'm talking more Garmin than Coros here. I think your watch um, gives you two seconds quicker per turn per 1K. Does that oh, make mate, sense? What are you doing this for? Yeah, I don't know if you can come up with a number. This is, a, this, is, this is not required. Well, I'm just saying to people, if you're doing reps and stuff, you're like, you probably need to take two seconds off that because there's no way you go into turns and you come out of turns actually being quicker. That's why the yeah. Nike sub two thing, they didn't want turns in it because it slows people down. So if you're getting data you, coming out oh. of turns, you don't, do you think this is necessary though, or is this what this is doing is confusing people even true, more? True, true. You're, you're turning a really simple thing into something complex here. I'm the same. Yeah, be aware of it, and if you want a number, just use your two seconds. Be rule. aware of it. I think if someone's educated on the fact that this might not be accurate, and not to go pin their hopes on this type of pace for their race, then then that's probably enough. Um, but I, I, I agree with you. I do think that this is 
becoming more and more of a thing. It's only happened since Strava, really. Well, it may have happened since GPS watches first came in, but I don't remember doing it before Strava. But I've felt the temptation to go run short, like uh, they're not shorter loops, but they're um, friendly loops, right? Where where you look like you've done a better workout than you actually have. Yeah, and, and they're loops where you're doing you're turning very often, so you might yeah, turn four, four but times in a it's like yeah, sometimes it's just a like a, a twisty course, or sometimes you might go through a forested area where you, you, your GPS drops out or whatever. Yeah, true. Um, it, but and, and it will it will give you a good reading at the end. I I remember I I had to stop some athletes running workouts on the crit track in Geelong because they were they were going there every single week because of how good their data looked with their workouts and. It was driving me insane because, like, the you can you knew it wasn't real, but they were getting this almost like false oh, sense of hope. Like, but surely, exactly, but, yeah. but surely, deep down, they knew it. They know it as well. Like, my theory is that if you look down and you see that you're running significantly faster than you have anywhere else, if it looks too good to be true, then it then it is. You know what I mean? Like, you don't all of a sudden improve overnight. Like, I know that there's a loop here in Canberra that I used to, it's like 800 metres around. And, like, always run, like, the split's always quicker there. Yeah. So, you, you know, and, and that's where I think if you race if you race regularly, you then know that your training times don't stack up if you're running around a short loop. I, I think it's a culture thing, though. I, like, that's what I didn't like about it. I found that the, the athletes always were trying to manicure their, the perfect workout because they would rock up and if it was windy then oh we're going to go to somewhere where it's not windy or if it's raining or we'll go later in the day or we'll go to the crit track because it's generous on the gps and it, it just creates this culture where you're trying to um you you're just skipping Perfect, stuff exactly yeah. like you're not willing to go and put yourself in some um some oh what do you call it what's the word Adversity. Adversity, exactly. You're not willing to go and run into a headwind or on a course that's like not going to look good on your watch later. It's, I, I found that it, once you take all that stuff away, like some of my, the the best results that I've had with athletes are the ones that don't care about that stuff. We look at the and you look at the trade-off. So the trade-off is you go and train on a short loop and it makes your Strava look good, but then you go and race and it just sets you up for disappointment. Whereas you go and train somewhere that's tough, that may may not look quite as good on Strava, but you then go and surprise yourself on race day. I, I know which one of those scenarios I would prefer. Yeah. Now a way to a way to know this as well is when you open up your Strava on the laptop and you look open one of your runs or one of your workouts. Um, I'm just on ours this morning, and if you go down to the very bottom, you can see the graph, the pace graph. And then if you move the cursor along, it shows you where on the map you're actually running. And you can hold, you can pretty much hover over where the corners are. And yeah, if you're seeing that pace dramatically drop, that means it's cutting the corner and it's coming back way faster than you're actually running. So you should, you should be slowing down through corners, not, not the, like I'm just on this one now and this pace is dropping from, yeah, 305 pace to 250 pace through the corner. Um, you do that three times over a K. It's going to affect that case data for sure. Mm. So and moral of the story: yeah. Try and find. I think people. Do, I think a lot of people K make reps. this mistake though, without knowing it. Yeah. So. Like, yeah, I'm not so much 
you know, going for the people that deliberately go to these courses. I'm like, yeah. just be aware that, like, if you're doing workouts and there's corners which they're going to be, that your data's going to be a bit off. Trying no, to find I straight am going road, for those people. Yeah, well, yeah, that's, that's your, you can combine Let's, that. You want to go those go people. for those people because they're, the, like, they're the ones, you know what, they were the ones that would prefer eight great workouts on Strava in a row with kudos and comments than they would a great race at the end. They, that that some people just have different things that yeah. they they want, and and those people that love the attention, the kudos, the 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 glory, the Strava glory, they often don't care about the race as much as the ones that get out there on the tough courses in the wind, in the dark, the rain, cross the hills, stuff That's the cross country is good. Mate, I know. Don't I'm even look at your watch doing that. Yeah, I'm with you. Yeah. Uh, different people. Different athletes. Check your data. That's all I'm saying on this one, just to see if that's your your data might be jumping around a bit, which is giving you false hope in training. So thanks again to this week's training talk partner, Lululemon. Their new run range is designed with lightweight fabrics, thoughtful features like key size zipper pockets and mesh paneling to keep you running, whatever the weather. Visit lululemon.com.au. Going to be reviewing a bit of that gear coming up, boys. I'm going to skip listening to question. I'm going to go to our guest, if that's okay with you. Moose, do you want to make that your moose on the loose for this week? So then we can skip that segment as well. Done. Hate um, that. Hate that. <laughs> I was more going for the education side of things. but No, you weren't. I was. You were, no, no, no. You were just too much of a pussy to call them out. No, because I, I wish someone had, I wish I could listen to a podcast of that four years ago before I was doing it. Yeah, well, no, you no, were didn't, that. Didn't, we, didn't we, we called you out on it, didn't <laughs> we? These blokes don't know what they're talking about. I was thinking. <laughs> I went to Berlin three times thinking I was going to run 216. <laughs> and that's it. And that's, that's the problem, listeners. It's like one of those AA meetings, you know, when you get mentored by someone who's already been an alcoholic. This is exactly what that is. Yeah. Trying to make the world a better place. Richard Talk, Welsh. Drop some names. We got Gentlemen. Gotcha. How are we going? Thanks for joining us on the Inside Run podcast. Always a pleasure. The How run, are we? The run director of the uh, Launceston Running Festival coming up in a, about a month's time. Welshie, thanks for giving us some time. Yeah, it's a uh, nice break to talk about a, a local event from my uh, day job at the moment of organising World Cross Country, so I'm loving it. Oh, I yeah, did congratulations see it. Congratulations, yeah. yeah. Gen- general manager of next year's World Cross Country Champs in Bathurst, so awesome. Yeah, it's uh, it's pretty cool, to be honest. Um, someone's got to do it. I was happy to, so let's give it a rip. Can you just, like, just dumb that down for me, Welsh? What does that mean? What's actually roll? What are you doing? So, as you can imagine, there's a whole bunch of things that need to be done at a world cross country so you've got a course you've got to promote it you've got to broadcast it you've got to have medical you've got to get all the teams there um so i'm not doing any of that but i'm making sure that it does happen so just coordinating it all just delegation top dog there you go like that's that. it and you can do Pretty a lot much. of that from tassie or you got to go to bathurst a bit a few trips. i've had the pleasure of going to bathurst twice in the last couple of weeks um Beautiful town. Recommend coming on Feb 18. Um, so mostly I'll be doing it from from Tassie, but with a, a few trips, of course. I've been in the AA office in Melbourne twice in the last month as well, just wrapping my head around all the conversations to have with people, of which there's quite a few, as you can imagine, lots of people involved. Um, but, yeah, I've been organising events from afar, so it's no different and working from home is uh, not a – not a new concept these days that's for sure yeah feb's gonna come around quick like i think because it's been postponed so many times throughout the pandemic it felt like it's just uh it's disappeared a bit so it's going to be good to put it back on the radar 
Bathurst 2023 point oh. Okay. So, Welshie, do you know when the um, trials will be held? Uh, a date hasn't been confirmed, but the latest information I have will be in January in Canberra. The reason being, we really wanted to get on the course in Bathurst, but it's a pretty popular motorsport venue, as you know. So, getting access to the venue um, is, is a challenge. So, we don't get it until. Um, a week before our actual event. So the trial won't be on the trial, but stay tuned for an announcement soon. There will be an opportunity for people to have a test run of the course this year at some stage. Cool. That's cool. Mm. Jeez, we'll send some strong teams too, won't we? Just thinking about some of the names. A few blokes will go out to Falls Creek, absolutely flog themselves over Jan for those trials, and then, um, yeah, be fit as fiddles. That's it. Anyway, Welsh, we're here to talk about the McGrath Launceston Running Festival coming up on June 12th, 2022. Croaks and I are both going, so it's going to be good to see two of us down there. Moose is a bit injured at the moment, but um, I'm sure he'd love to be down there racing a 10K. But what can you tell us this far out? How are entries looking? How are big names looking? Course has had a little change, I heard, for the 10K. But you've got the half marathon there as well, the kids race. Where do you want to start? Oh, where you, you go. What do you want to tell us first? Well, look, the traditional Launceston 10K, uh, both the men and the women's fields this year, are coming along very nicely. Um, We've changed the course, which mostly impacts the half marathon. It basically gets rid of the hill for anyone who knew about the half marathon. Um, We're having the same start-finish line. So it's still out and back, essentially, for the 10K, and the turn will be at about the same spot. So... Minor changes for the turn for the the 10k, um, with the exception of the start line. Uh, looking at the fields, uh, the men's fields at the moment. I'm just seeing how many sub 30 guys have we got. That's always a nice little litmus test. So there's 14 with a PB of sub 30. Uh, they include in a ranked order of PBs: Kieran Tall, Kieran Perkins, James Hansen, Adrian Potter. Liam Budin, Archie Reed, your man, Brady. Yep. Tim Vincent, who's in great shape. Nathan Stowart, Sam Clifford, who broke 30 minutes for the first time at this event last year. Riley Cox, who broke the South Australian half marathon record at this event last year. He's going to drop back mm-hmm. and he wants to reset his 10K PB. Michael Roger, of course, needs no introduction. Uh, Brady and croaks and jacob cox as well um and a guy that'll be busting at the chop to break 30 he ran 3004 at the think big run the bridge earlier in the year bailey mazeki hints the collis birmingham trained hobart athlete will be looking to to break 30 and uh a token gesture we'll keep going down the list for one more name because it is zach newman your boy oh yeah yeah zach he'll love that shout out there nice field what about the women the women's, so we've got Leanne Pompiani, who are uh, not quite in 31.50 shape, but going very, very nicely indeed. She's got a PB of 32.26, so she's our top-ranked runner. But the big name in the field, of course, is Jess Stenson, uh, multiple Olympian, um, second in the, ten- in the half marathon, the inaugural year of it. Uh, two years ago, but coming to run the 10K. Then we've got the Inform. Gun Natalie Rule uh, will be pretty tough to beat. She's, I say, only in inverted commas, got a PB of 32.46. But this is the course for her to set the world alight on this one. I think over 10k, and she's she's had a really strong year. 
Um, they're probably the top ones at the moment um, in the women's 10K. Um, and then we've got the halves as well, boys. You want to hear about them? Yeah, yeah definitely. Yep. Yep, cool. So in the men, we've got your boy. I'm giving him the bib. Are you happy with the bib of JTW? Joel Tobin White. Well, he pulled out of his half marathon. We are just talking about him before we come on air. Do you know if everything's all good with him? He pulled out at Sydney over the weekend. Well, you know um, he's injury prone too. I'm, I'll get worried when I see Joel's name on start list. Hopefully he's all yeah. good. Yeah. I mean, talking about him 26 days out is <laughs> probably a little bit too early for us, isn't it, really? <laughs> I do like the bib though, JTW. Mm. All right, we'll give him JTW. Um, I'm drinking a new whiskey, by the way. It's called the Welshy, and I got to make it myself at the distillery on my 40th birthday. It was the best present ever by my wife. Um, I digress. Liam Adams um, messaged me on the weekend, and he said he needs to reset his PB for the half marathon. It's 62.51. He got the win in Sydney on the weekend. Uh, he'll be very keen to um, get the win, and having been named in the Australian marathon team for the Commonwealth Games this week, um, he's keen to go in there with a new PB for a half. Uh, Nick Earl, Brett Ellis, Sam Hopper, and uh, interesting Andre Waring make his debut. What do you reckon he can run for a half? Yeah, quick. He had a big weekend at the Great Ocean Road, winning two races in two days. So uh, I think he went through 67 for his half marathon split there, but that was a day after a 14K and probably just there to pick up some prize money. So I'm going to say 63.20. That's my early prediction for Andre. Yeah, nice. Well, the, it is, I reckon it's about 30 seconds quicker than the previous course that we had, which is already got, um, Robbo ran 61.37 in the first year. So it's uh, it's quick. Uh, and then in the women, it's pretty loaded just quietly. Um, it's a small field, but it's good. Sinead Diver, freshly named in the uh, Australian team for the Commonwealth Games. Eloise Wellings. Millie Clark, um, Abby Nordberg, and Brooke Williams is making her debut as well. So um, these fields are not completely filled out. I'm hopeful that people hear these and go, you know what, I wouldn't mind coming down for that. Um, and I've still got a little bit of travel budget left. So if uh, if you're a guy and you can run under 29 for 10K or under 65 for a half, Give me a shout, or the women under 35 for 10K, or uh, uh, 75 for a half. Give me a shout because we can um, we can support you where we can. And for the punters, well, she like when do entries close, and do they have to enter by a certain time to get bibs sent out, or what's what's the deal there? No, we have an expo the day before, so we don't mail out bibs. As we know, Australia Post not that reliable these days, so. We say come along and pick them up the day before at the beautiful Silos Hotel, which is our official hotel. It's you know, 200 metres from the start line. So beautiful precinct there in the recently redeveloped part of uh, Riverbend Park and uh, in Launceston. Uh, so you can register up until the day before. Um, no dramas there. Uh, I did make an oversight, though, boys. I thought NFT medals were the go and the future. And so we were actually not going to do physical medals for this year's event and give everyone an NFT, and we were selling, um, you'll be interested in this, we were selling physical medals in the cart. What percentage of people who were entering online wanted to buy a physical medal? 85%. 20%. <laughs> 40. 
Yeah, Moose is right. Forty-seven percent of people were buying them anyway, and we thought, you know what? Let's just give everyone one. So we're going to just pump the brakes on doing NFTs for events. We dabbled in them for the Think Big Run the Bridge earlier in the year, and I thought it was the go because personally, I, I mean, I've got shed full of medals from leftover from events, so they don't mean too much to me. But obviously, they mean a lot to finishers. So we're going to keep doing finisher medals. It's pretty cheap entry too, Welshie. Mm. Like thirty-four bucks for a ten k. I know uh, my wife just ended the ten k up at the Gold Coast. I reckon it cost her ninety-five or a hundred. So uh, you know, this is I'd say this course is better than the Gold Coast ten k course as well. Quick, yeah, quicker. I guess it's. I know I you work probably... for the Gold Coast sometimes as well, so we can't go throwing them under the bus too much. But um, yeah, no, I love the Gold Coast Marathon. I uh, I've got a role there again this year as the uh, elite athlete babysitter, as I call myself. But look, it's. Different events have different price points and different costs. Um, you know, it, it's cheaper to close roads in Launceston than it is on the Gold Coast. Yeah. You know, that's probably the, the, the biggest thing that you've got there. Plus, you probably get a T-shirt included. We, you know, we're selling them. So, little little things there. But I'm, uh, I don't need to get rich off organising fun runs. You know, I own this event. And if it makes a profit, then, you know, my family gets to eat, which is great. But... I don't want to fleece the world. I, I genuinely have a, a passion for running. It's my sport, and um, I want to see people, if it's the first fun run that they've ever done, to, to come and do it and not let money put them off. And, you know, people, some people have done really well out of COVID and they got plenty of cash, and plenty of people don't. So I have never wanted money to be a reason why someone doesn't enter one of my events. That's just my personal take on things. Mm, then 59 for the half. Um, anything else you need to tell us about Welsh before I've got another question for you, but it's not related to this. So tell me anything about this event that we haven't spoken about before. Is it yeah. Welsh? Is it certified? You got, the, <laughs> you got the team down there, mate? Absolutely. We uh, I'm big I on this. I know, it's, I, knew I know it's a hot topic, and I don't want to backhand my race colleagues uh, up in um, the North Island of Australia. But it's certainly every. Every one of my events down here, so the Bernie 10, the Run the Bridge and the Launceston Running Festival, they're all fully certified, the the 5Ks, the 10Ks and the Half Marathon in Lonnie. So we have our World Athletics Certificate, no longer an AIM certificate. Uh, World Athletics took on, took, took over or took on, I'm not sure of what it is, but the official logo you get these days is a World Athletics course certification. So we've certainly had yeah, that. Great. We've had Love Dave Cundy come down and it's... Uh, it's all hunky-dory, and we've got a permit as well. It's a Tasmanian Championship, so if you run a PB, it'll appear in your World Athletics profile as well, which lots of people like to like to see. Hey, Welsh, a quick question on the certification. Like, So you've made small changes to this year's event. Does that mean the whole course has to get remeasured, or you just measure the bits that like that get adjusted? Good question, Croaks. You're on the ball, son. Um, it depends. So... We've made minor changes to the start, but when you measure a course, you take a lot of um, markings along the way and, and you call them different sectors. So usually you use a, a power pole as a, as a reference because they typically, when there's roadworks, the power poles don't move. So, you know, we might start next to a power pole 257 on Doyne Street, for example, and then you've got a point of reference from there to the next one. Um, and Jared Gibson, our local man in... Uh, Hobart, he has worked with Dave Cundy doing all the, the course measurings and Dave comes down and, and mentors Jared and they do the whole thing but then um, there's a certain element that Jared can then jump on the bike and use a Jones counter and measure from 
point to point and then he diligently goes back again over the weekend and will measure out the different kilometre markings which then probably takes mm. a fair bit of time so minor changes like this you can get away with just tinkering you don't have to to move the whole lot because you break it into segments but if you were to do wholesale changes and move corners and change the route then yeah you got to redo the whole thing yeah interesting stuff the back end isn't it Hey, Walshie, before we let you go, do you know when the rest of the Commonwealth Games team is going to get announced? Oh, um, no. Okay. No. Um, it, in terms of the marathon, it's really quite interesting because you've got um, world champs and Com Games so close to each, one another, obviously. But I reckon that Liam and Sinead were announced this week off the back of their Olympic Tokyo. results yep. and um, makes total sense, and, and they would have had their choice uh I can't. There'd be some people that would back up, I would reckon, but I don't think any of the Aussies will. Um, no, your guess is as good as mine. Just because I've got an Athletics Australia email address, uh, I don't sit yeah. next to the high-performance guys. Sorry. I was hoping you might have been able to give us something, but that's okay. No, no. I know. Uh, I, I'll tell you that Millie wants to go to Oregon instead of Birmingham, so that's the one bit of inside goss that I do know. So she's keen to go and run world champs instead of comms because yeah, okay. she's a Nike girl and wants to go run in Nike town, which makes sense. Yep, yep, okay. Mm. Well, we'll just sit on our hands and uh, wait for the announcements hopefully coming soon. It's not that far like away. Like the rest of us. I think yeah. I got half an hour head start on everyone else being, uh, that's what my AA email address got me as an all-staff <laughs> email. I found out, oh, Madison de Rosario is going to be on Sunrise in half an hour, so I jump on. I'm like, okay. Yeah. Uh, that was that was the heads up, which is which is cool. But now look, the McGraw Launceston Running Festival Sunday, June twelve. It is the long weekend, so we're calling it the the Lon weekend of running. L A U N Lon weekend of running. And uh, if you can't come down, put in the um, box to to do it before as a, a lead into Gold Coast or something this year or or next year. And uh, we love having interstaters come down. It's a it's a big tourism event for Tasmania, so it's a, it's a key thing for us, and we really want to encourage as many people to come down. I think it's the fastest course in Australia, and I'm the race director of the race that's got the fastest 10K ever in Australia at the Bernie 10 and the fastest in the last three years at the Run the Bridge, and I think Launceston's quicker. So um, if you're looking for a PB over 10 or a half, or even the 5K is fully measured, come down and, and do that if you can't get here watch the live stream and hopefully pat smith behaves himself and doesn't drop too many f-bombs we'll put that all on our socials as well and yeah couldn't agree more best 10k in australia good town good course good organization so uh yeah looking forward to getting down there again and thanks again for your time good work thanks boys no thanks worries well, see you in a few weeks yep cheers all right fellas let's wrap this show up what's coming up bradley you got much coming up at your end uh, single parenting. Actually, Viv's off for a work trip tomorrow till the end of the week, so uh, that'll be interesting. Solo, solo parenting. Good luck for that. Um, Moose, what do you got coming up? Uh, I'm going to Melbourne um, tomorrow night for an appointment, and then meetings with brands and stuff. So I'll be uh, I'll be busy. Oh, is this where you get to see all the stuff that's coming out next year? Yes, it's one of the times. I've, we've got another conference. This is a bit of pre-stuff that I'll go have a look at, a bit of pre-line stuff. Okay, good, boys. We've started a bit of news. We've started selling our tickets for the live show up at the Gold Coast, which must be, yeah, for Launceston's four weeks, this must be seven. Seven or, yeah, maybe just, seven. Just under seven. So seven it'll be six, it'll be six this It'll be six this weekend coming. 60% of tickets are already sold. So um, they're going quick. There's still a few left. 
So if you want to, you got to get in early. We do, that's why we wanted to uh, release them early. So yeah, get in early, get yourself a ticket if you're going to be on the Gold Coast. The Sunday afternoon, two thirty to four thirty at the uh, Southport RSL Club Croaks. Under eighteen kids are allowed as well. We weren't sure about restrictions on the room, but we got that cleared up, and they're uh, they're all good. May hear a few swear words from Moose's mouth, but other than that, it should be pretty child friendly, mm. I think. Uh, looking forward to seeing you two boys in person and doing a live show. It's always fun. Yeah, can't wait. It's going to be a good weekend away. Yeah, or a good week away, actually. Good. Oh, yeah. Crooks put his uh, paycheck on the bar, I reckon. He's from the paycheck. Job. Have you got that locked yeah. in, Crooks? No, so I emailed Ryan last week. And he replied on Friday saying he'd had he'd been like under the pump at work and that he'd reply this week. So I don't know what that means. <laughs> so maybe my services are not needed. Yeah, Which I I'll have to think just... about think about what I'd do then. Man, you in the half croaks. Uh, I might actually if I might just do the marathon. Yeah, do the marathon. <laughs> there you uh, go. We'll, we'll there see. you go. They're, give, they're giving cash like... for two twenty as well. You get free flights. I haven't run one since 2018. I remember Moose talking about ages ago that I I feel like I just need to run one, and I feel like, you know, I I could like I comfortably ran 32k on Sunday. So I feel like that that long long run went up 15 minutes, Moose. Yeah, I just think two hours too. But even but even if I was even if I was pacing, I still feel like I need to just do some longer stuff. Hey, did I tell you about Valencia as well? Are you you locked in? Are you? Yeah, I've got a spot. So what did you on. just did you just register through the site or did you contact no, someone? Toby Mende, you know my mate from Ballarat. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah he sent me an email address to email. Um, I'll flick it to you. I've got to give yeah, it to okay. Marin Tally as well because he wants to do it as well. Yeah, so, all right. Um, but it's not. It's just an entry. That's it. Like we're yeah, starting. Yeah. We're starting back. But, that's fine. But G'day's running. She's debuting. Yeah, I won't be running with her. No, I reckon we go with her. Just bank as <laughs> much time as possible. She'll go through in sixty six, sixty seven. Yeah. At least stay uh, with Agile 32, this is, this is typical Brady Marathon talk. No, I'm going. I'm going for it. No, I'm Coming doing back. it. I had one. I had one. I had one even split, and it only resulted in a 220. So, like, I reckon we go out hard. Hang on, racing uh, for five months, but I'm telling you now, oh, that's what I'm going to do. Get so much airtime, being behind her the whole time. Uh, here we go. Oh, I can't <laughs> wait. Anyway, so yeah, I'll flick you that email address. We'll go to Valencia. Our man Christian's going to be over there too. He reckons. Anyway, we're done, fellas. See us next week. Um, we'll do it all again. Have a week. Yeah. This episode of the Inside Running Podcast is brought to you by Pillar Performance, Australia's leading sports micronutrition brand. Head to pillarperformance.shop to learn more about their formulas and how they support recovery, elevate energy, and relieve inflammation.